This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. You might assume we're both good at presenting to a live audience because of this podcast. But at the end of the day, when we record, it really feels like we're just talking to one another. Presenting information in person in a formal setting to a large audience is something that still makes us really nervous. To prepare for a live speaking event we're hosting together, we turn to our masterclass subscription to not only refine our presentation skills, but to build our confidence in a different kind of public speaking capacity. Between Robin Roberts, Hillary Clinton, and Kevin Hart's expertise, our confidence skyrocketed. This year, learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Don't just talk about improving. Masterclass helps you actually do it. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master negotiate with Chris Voss, think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or plan your dream wedding with celebrity event planner Mindy Wise, Masterclass has you covered. There are over 200 classes to pick from with new classes added every month, like our latest aha moments from Robin Roberts' effective and authentic communication class that we watched before our event presentation. She taught us how to establish a genuine connection with the audience from the start. I'll always be a little nervous before presenting, but Masterclass prepared us in a way that dialed my nerves down and gave me tools to ground myself. Plus, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. And right now, our listeners get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Get 50% off right now at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. I'm Emily Beerley. And I'm Jennifer Chaikin. And we're licensed marriage and family therapists and owners of the Therapy Group. We're on a mission to make therapy and therapeutic topics more relatable and accessible. So stay tuned, because in order to grow yourself, you gotta know yourself. Hey, Em. Hi, Jen. How are you? I'm doing well. You know, got my coffee. It's the same. If I have coffee, I'm doing well. You're fine. Okay? That is your if drug of coffee, choice. It is my drug. Oh, yeah. Mine's Lamictal now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> my drug of choice is a mood stabilizer. Yeah, like you know how you have your drug of choice tattooed on your arm? I think I'm going to have mine tattooed on my arm. I'm just going to keep talking about tattoos in every episode. I know. Maybe you're really craving another tattoo, though. You keep yeah, bringing that up. I think that's what this means. I know. What's your next one going to be? It's either going to be coffee. <laughs> don't, I don't think you should get a coffee tattoo. A coffee tattoo? No. I don't know. Maybe don't maybe there are pretty cool ones. You should Google that. Right? Yeah. Like a cool coffee yeah, yeah. tattoo? Okay, that could be legit. Right? Going Maybe like on my face, like going into my mouth. <laughs> Definitely. No? Definitely do a face tattoo. Not even Definitely. a question. So probably that. Or, and then maybe, what was my other one? Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, you name it, you could tame it with a tiger. <laughs> with a lion. With a lion. <laughs> I actually love that. I might get Okay, that. actually, no, that is cool. <laughs> like, I'm going to find yeah, a yeah. way to get no, that. No, you should go to my tattoo artist. He would make that very cool yeah, for yeah. you, yes. But I just wanted a tiny little one, as tiny as possible. Hey, well, Meg, amazing listener Meg, wrote in and asked us, how did you guys meet your partners? Do you want to go first? Yes, I walked up to my partner at a frat party, and I said, I'm going to leave unless you give me a reason to stay. And then we had sex. And that is how I met my husband. Mm, wow, beautiful. <laughs> Romantic. And then one night stand turned into 
been together for 13 years with a child. A lifetime. <laughs> a lifetime stand. Yes. A lifetime stand. That's what it is. How'd you, how'd you meet your partner? At a bar. At a bar. The, we, old are, we are way. retro. <laughs> we are so retro. Yeah, my um, friend was hooking up with his friend. Hooking up. Hooking up. And Age yourself. And, I know. And um, we went to meet him out at a bar and my husband was there and we met at the bar. We made out at the bar. Cool. What bar was it? And it was Uban. What's Uban? It's underneath brew. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So yes. I, I, I really don't think I've been back to Uban since. <laughs> Why don't you guys go for your anniversary? You're about to have we been married. Should. How many years? Five years? Four years. Four years. Next month. We've been together like eight. Yeah. Wow. So it's been a while. So yeah, we should go back. And, you know, I think we've maybe like outgrown the bar, but like, who cares? No, no, no. You should go to Uban and then you bond each other. Whoa. Whoa. Just saying. Beautiful. You like that? <laughs> this girl's quick today. Okay. You are so witty. <laughs> hey. Okay. But sometimes yeah. in marriage, sometimes in life, we take things personally. Sometimes or all the time. So today's episode is about depersonalizing things. All right. How to stop taking shit personally. And if you're someone who takes things personally, this one's for you. And I think it's probably every single person <laughs> listening to this. I really I think it's really? impossible to not take things like I think you're, as a human being. Jen. You are yeah. really good at not taking shit personally. That's true. You are, but I, but I have worked so. It has always been that way. Hard on it. Yeah. You know, like I've worked so so hard. It absolutely has not been that way. I can tell you all my tips and tricks in this episode. That's what we need. First, <laughs> first, I'm going to tell you where taking things personally might stem from. It can come from low self-esteem, right? So like if you aren't feeling good about yourself, someone says something to you, it's so much easier to believe it if you're not feeling good about yourself. Or if you have negative self-talk, if you're constantly telling yourself that you're not good enough or it's always your fault. And when someone says, uh, you know, rude comment to you, it's so much easier to believe that because you already are thinking that about yourself. Mm -hmm. Another reason we take things personally is uh, sensitivity to rejection. So if you have experienced rejection or abandonment in the past, right, and it's a big wound for you, then it's so much easier to take things personally because I think if we take things personally, we believe that if I change this, then I won't get rejected mm -hmm. or I won't be abandoned, right? It almost feels like it's protective when really it's not protective mm -hmm. for us. Um, when really rejection is something we all experience and, you know, in a lot of ways, it's just a universal experience. Yeah. You know, another another reason we might take things personally is just if you're sensitive and you have an emotional sensitivity in general. So if you're a highly sensitive person, you might just take things more personally. This was me and this is why I have really had to work on this. I worked very, very hard mm -hmm. on it. As we talked about unhealed past wounds, right? So you had a lack of emotional support as a child, like if you were blamed as a child by your parents, like, well, you did this and this is why I'm stressed and you you made this mess and this is why I'm yelling at you, right? Like you're bad in some way. So if you grew up with parents who often blamed you 
and said that you're doing something wrong, you are the cause for X, Y, Z, then it might be much easier in adulthood to take things personally. Perfectionists, perfectionism. Perfectionists have a really hard time when other people talk about their flaws because they have unrealistic standards Mm. for what they should be. Right. So it's so much easier to take things personally. Um, Another reason, if you're just stressed or tired. Right. I think that this is also is this right. Or hungry. You're just stressed. If I'm hungry. hungry, If I don't have physical needs met. Yeah. Yes. Like this is why we say go to bed angry. Right. Because if you're tired, you should just go to bed. It's so much harder to regulate your emotions. It's so much harder to not take things personally. So being stressed, tired, hungry, you don't have your needs met. It's going to be so much harder to depersonalize things. Mm -hmm. Last but not least, I'm sure there's a million other reasons, is the need for approval. So if we have an excessive need for approval, then we may be more prone to taking things personally. Mm. Any perceived criticism or slight might be seen as a threat to our self-worth, triggering a personalized response. And so there are so many reasons you might take things personally. So if you're listening to this list and you're thinking, wow, I really do take things personally, it might be helpful to figure out why, you know, and it could be multiple things, right? And where that is coming from for you. If you can figure out where that's coming from, you can tackle it too. Because the more you understand that about yourself, the more you're going to be able to depersonalize things in the moment. If if someone's saying something to you and you're saying, oh God, this is like, I'm doing something wrong. You can say, well, I'm also really fucking tired. (laughs) I am also really tired right now. Maybe I should take a step back take a nap and come back to this conversation. So that's why understanding the roots of this can be so helpful, right? Or if you say, I had a parent that was always telling me that I was bad or doing something wrong. If your partner comes home and said like, hey, um, you know, is the laundry done or whatever, you automatically think, well, I'm bad. I'm doing something wrong. You might get defensive as opposed to saying like, oh, yeah, like I didn't get to it or right. So there's a difference between I made a mistake or I didn't accomplish something or to I am bad as a person. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think when we take things personally, we are taking it into, well, I am bad and I am wrong in some way as a human being, because there's a huge difference between taking something personally, feeling like it's personal to you and accepting constructive criticism. A reason why it's hard to accept constructive criticism at times is because we believe if someone is giving that to us, it must mean I am bad as a human being, not I made a mistake, right? Like all human beings Mm -hmm. do, or I could better myself in this way. And so that is the reason why constructive criticism can be so hard, too, is that we feel like it is so personal to us. We are wrong in some way. We've done something wrong. We are bad. so I think we'll get into some questions. Okay. What do you think, Em? I love it. So let's start out with probably everyone's first question, which is just how do you stop taking things less personally? How do you stop doing it? Just that? tell me what to do, please. Tell me what to do. Okay. So first, I want you to just recognize your patterns like we were saying. When are you taking things personally? That is the first step to being able to challenge some of this. So I know I talked about how much I've worked on this. I think a huge change for me was grad school. 
when we learned about this. Um, when we learned about like understanding our own thoughts. And they learned about differentiation. And that was it for you. You love differentiation. You and differentiation. That's what you should get Change. tattooed on you. Respond, not Mean. react. Yes. <laughs> Oof. Change my life. Yes. So I think an, a, another piece of this is challenging your own thoughts, right? So if you first recognize where that's coming from, you recognize that you're starting to feel it, right? Like, oh no, this means I'm bad in some way. And the thoughts are coming up of, oh, I'm bad or I need to get defensive, right? We go right into defense mode a lot of the times when we start to take things really personally. And that's how it plays out in our relationship. So when you find that you're taking something personally to even just question the validity of that assumption, right? Ask yourself if there's another alternative to the explanation for the situation. We usually jump to conclusions that just might not be accurate. So challenging your negative thoughts are really important in this situation. Another piece of this is practicing self-compassion. If you listen to our episode with Dr. Kristen Neff, you are, you know, very familiar with practicing self-compassion. Practicing self-compassion is essential, an essential part of being able to depersonalize things. This is my superpower. <laughs> it is. I practice self-compassion <laughs> so much. Yes. <laughs> to say I'm human, I need this to give things to myself. Because it's so important, right? It's so important as a human being to uh, to be able to say, like, I I am good as a person, right? I'm good as a human being. I can take care of myself. So to treat yourself with understanding and compassion and self care when you feel that hurt is so important, and that you are not defined by other people's actions and words. Anyone else feeling like the mental load of making dinner, the planning, the shopping, the prep, figuring out the timing? It's a little heavy to carry, huh? Same. That's why I am so grateful for Hungry Root. The food quality, simple recipes, true tastiness, and delivery right to my door is truly a game changer. When getting started, you take a fun, short quiz and Hungry Root will get to know you, what you like to eat, and more. Then they'll build you a personalized cart with all your grocery needs for the week and give you delicious recipe recommendations to put those groceries to use. So you can sit back, relax, and offload the many steps of meal planning. Each order is fully customizable so you can take their suggestions or choose anything you want. They've got fresh produce, high-quality meat and seafood, healthy snacks, smoothies, sweets, ready meals, kids' snacks and meals, vitamins, supplements, much more. My favorite item for my latest box was the honey citrus chopped salad, lemon pepper chicken, and the four cheese tortellini. You gotta try it for yourself. Everything from Hungry Root follows a simple standard. It's gotta taste good, be quick to make, and contain whole trusted ingredients. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Shrink Chicks listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash ShrinkChicks to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash ShrinkChicks. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. 
A really fun fact about me that you might not know is that if I let my hair dry natural, it is a frizzball mess, which is one of the many reasons I absolutely love pros. I truly never thought that I would be able to embrace my natural hair texture. Ever since I switched to a custom hair routine with pros, I've noticed so many benefits. Less frizzy hair, yes, but beyond that too. My hair is shinier, healthier, and so much more manageable. Filming the podcast every week makes checking out my hair unavoidable, and I felt so much more confident on camera thanks to pros. Pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do. The custom shampoo and conditioner combo, plus the hydrating leave-in conditioner and hair oil keeps the frizz at bay. It also makes for the smoothest blowout. People keep asking me if I got my hair cut or went to the salon, which is of course the highest compliment. Pros isn't just better for you, it's better for the planet. They're certified B Corp cruelty free and the first and only carbon neutral custom beauty brand. They even have a review and refine tool which learns from my feedback and adjusts my formula to keep up with the seasons and changes in my life. I used this feature when I moved to my temporary house in New Jersey back to my house house post construction project in Pennsylvania. Environmental factors like water source is something that Pros takes into consideration with their customization. So it was very cool that I had the ability to update my location. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin, and they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash chicks. So you get a free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash chicks. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash chicks. Well, say so what it might look like is is boundaries up, is the ability, right? So boundaries up, the ability to say, and a lot of times somebody will, let's say they make a comment to you. Someone makes a comment to me. Oh, well, I really could never have an only child. I really think all children should have siblings. I have an only child. It's very easy for me to say, <laughs> what the fuck? But <laughs> if I hold on to myself and hold on to my amygdala and I put my boundaries up, I'm able to say they're talking about their experience and what's right for them and their family. And even if they are directing this at me, I don't have to take this on because I know that that's their beliefs, their feelings around families. I don't have to do that. But what could help in this situation is to figure out where the comment hits you. So for me, when I start to personalize stuff, I feel it like right in the center of my chest, like an arrow hits me there and like the wind gets knocked out of me a little bit. Or I can feel it in my stomach of like nausea, like when like something like this happens. And so for me, I can identify physical things and be like, whoa, I'm taking this shit really personally. And so I either need to exit this conversation, just change the subject. Oh, my God. Well, we could talk about kids or you could talk to me about the new Sex in the City reboot. I've been really enjoying it. I don't care how bad anyone thinks it is. I really I will watch fucking any content they put Same. out. Same. I'll watch anything they put out with those. All Doesn't those people. Matter. I'll watch it. That's <laughs> right. And so the ability to be like, you know what? I have to either just like get out of this situation or I have to have the boundaries up and whatever works for me. And then let's say I leave and I still feel activated. That's when that self-compassion comes in. Yes. I think one of the biggest pieces of this, too, is recognizing that other people's perspective is about them, right? So, like, you could be wearing an outfit, right? I don't know why I'm using an outfit, but I'll I use like an outfit. this, yeah. You can, be, you can be wearing an outfit, and you can have five different people in the room. Five different people could have five different interpretations of whether they like your outfit or not. 
you get to decide, right, if you like your outfit or not. Mm -hmm. It is. And if you give other people the power to determine how you feel about your outfit or how you feel about yourself, they have all of this power over you. Mm -hmm. So but other people's interpretation of your outfit are coming from their own style and their own perspective. Right. If you take their interpretation, their perspective as fact, then they have all of the power mm -hmm. over your self interpretation. So a really important piece of this, the thing that I practice all the time is understanding that people are coming to a situation, coming to an argument, coming to whatever it is from their own specific mm -hmm. perspective, from their own background, with their own view of the world. And that is coming from them. That does not mean you have to take their interpretation as fact and as truth. You get to decide what feels right for you and your interpretation of the world. Yeah. I want to jump into another question Go for because it. I think that it can sort of wrap everything together because a lot of people wrote in something along these lines. So I'm going to go to this. So a few different people said something along the lines of like, um, I take it personally when my husband's in a bad mood, like it's my fault. Or someone said a change in a friend's tone makes me automatically think they're mad at me. Or if someone's sad at something and they're not talking to me, I automatically assume it's me, right? So like a lot of people taking responsibility for other people's shit. Okay, so first I want to say this is something that develops in early childhood. You learned it. You learned it. And I'll tell you why. Because as a child... If you had parents who were stressed or reactive or whatever, you were extra sensitive towards your environment because the more that you could feel how or understand how other people are feeling, the more you could decide what to do with that, right? And kids often feel like, okay, well, if I change my behavior, maybe I can alter my parents' behavior mm -hmm. and maybe I can feel safe. Right. If I do something different or if I change that, like if you became the good kid or the kid that doesn't cause any trouble, if I change something about myself, then I'm going to be able to have control over your parents' responses or reactions. And that in some way is going to give me a sense of safety or survival. So you very much develop that from an early childhood. And it's very common to do this. And we bring that into adulthood where we are constantly people who are saying they're very empathetic, empaths. You may have very much learned that the way in which you survive or protect yourself is to read other people's emotions or the I think we got a mind reading question too. And if you can understand or read other people's emotions, then you're going to be able to alter your behavior to protect yourself in some way. The thing about that is that might have been something that was adaptive in childhood. You thought if I change my behavior, I could change mom or dad's emotions when really that wasn't true. Yeah. It's maladaptive in adulthood. And so what's happening is your partner might be coming home, they're in a bad mood, and we feel like, okay, well, if I change something about myself, if I do something different, if I personalize this in some way, then I'm going to be able to change or alter my partner's mood. When in reality, that is not your responsibility. Mm -hmm. The biggest piece of this is knowing that is not your responsibility to take on other people's emotions or to alter other people's emotional state. So, and the more you personalize it, the more you're going to get sucked into it, right? Yeah. Or even a friend who, right, they change their tone. They may have had a bad day at work, right? They're overwhelmed by people. And so you call them and maybe they're not in the mood to talk and it has absolutely nothing to do with yeah. you. 
But when you personalize it, it feels like, okay, well, maybe I have to change something and this will protect me from some sort of threat in the relationship, from them leaving me, Mm -hmm. from them reacting to me. When in reality, you taking responsibility for their emotions will end up hurting you and is maladaptive. Mm -hmm. There's also a part, the part we don't like to hear, which is the ego part, which is that like, we're also taking away, making it about us takes away from someone else's real experience. Yes. So if my partner's having a really hard time and I make it about me of like, I'm hurting them or I'm doing something, I'm also missing them. And so sometimes it's a way of avoiding intimacy and vulnerability. Because if I'm to actually sit, somebody had used the example of their partner's in a bad mood, right? So my partner's in a bad mood and I can either make it about me or try to fix it or do something. It's also avoidance. A way in which I think this also plays out is if your partner's in a bad mood, we do a lot of checking, right? Where we might say, are you okay? Are you okay? Did I do something? Mm-hmm. Right? Like there's a lot of checking and we're in that we're looking for reinforcement yeah. when they're struggling with their own stuff. Um, did you watch The Bear? No. Oh, it's really good. You would actually like it. It's, it's not bouncy. It's it's no Ted Lasso. I'll tell you that. It is actually like it's a lot, but there's this really good it's dark. Yes, it's pretty dark actually. Um, but if you watch it, the second season, there's this really great episode where it's like I like flashback episodes, and it's a flashback episode to this really difficult Christmas they had, and the mom who clearly has mental health issues and probably addiction issues as well as like huge drinker, um, is like being like cooking this Christmas dinner and is being like you know very unhinged i will call it while doing so but also god look at this things i do for everyone and like making everyone and so the daughter keeps coming in mommy you okay mommy you okay and she's so codependent and she's so anxious and she like can't stop herself from checking in her mom and then finally the mom like fucking really comes out and she just like attacks her like um like verbally attacks her like in front of everyone at this christmas dinner and 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 that's what we mean by learned behavior. It's a really great episode yes. to watch to understand how your parents' difficulty feeling, expressing, having healthy emotional um, and distress tolerance really can impact us and yeah. how we are to other people in this world. Yes. And to know that it was never, their emotional reactivity was never about yeah. you. They'd be doing it whether you were right? there or not. It was about them. And because you were there, right, it it got taken out on you. So the checking is a response to experiencing some of that. And what you can do and something I often do when my partner's struggling or he's stressed out is I will say like, hey, I can tell and they might not be able to express it. Hey, I can see you're you're struggling with something like I'm here if you need anything. You let me know if you need it, as opposed to, are you okay? Are you okay? Did I do something wrong? Right? There's a difference between I'm personalizing it and I'm here and I'm setting a boundary for myself where I can support you if you need me, but you have to come to me and let me know what you need. Yeah. Right? As opposed to, or guessing in my rate, what can I do to make you feel better? Right? I'm going to get you this. I'm going to get this. I am here if you need something. I'm here to support you. You let me know if you need help with anything. Yeah. 
Did you know that billions of plastic hand soap and cleaning bottles end up in landfills every year? I used to contribute to that waste, constantly buying single-use plastic cleaning products without giving it much thought. But then I discovered Blue Land, and it has been a game changer. Blue Land has helped me eliminate the need for single-use plastic and the products I reach for the most. They are reinventing cleaning essentials. Their approach is simple yet revolutionary. Refillable cleaning products with a sleek design that not only looks great on your counter, but also reduces plastic waste significantly. What I love most is the convenience. With Blueland, I never worry about running out of cleaning supplies or lugging bulky bottles from the store. From hand soap to toilet bowl cleaner to laundry tablets that each smell incredible, all Blueland products are made with clean ingredients you can feel good about. I was blown away when I received my first Blueland order. I immediately filled the bottles with water and their tablets, which was so easy to try everything out. And the ingredients are clean, the scents are refreshing, and the packaging is just so cute. Blueland is trusted in over 1 million homes, including mine. If you're you're ready to make a positive change for the planet without sacrificing cleanliness or convenience, Blueland has you covered. Blueland has a special offer for our listeners. Right now, get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash shrinkchicks. You won't want to miss this. Blueland.com slash shrinkchicks for 15% off. That's blueland.com slash shrinkchicks to get 15% off. I am thrilled that the weather is finally warming up here in Philly. I went to switch out my closet the other day from my fall winter wear to my spring summer wear and noticed that I very much needed a refresh. So thank goodness for Quince that allows me to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I refresh my closet with the high-waisted linen shorts that come in multiple colors and patterns, the comfiest cotton tees, and my latest favorite, the smocked mini dress. And don't miss out on their accessories. Quince has the coolest sunglasses and 14 karat gold jewelry to complete any look. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, making me feel even better about my purchases. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash shrinkchicks for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash shrinkchicks to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash shrinkchicks. Okay, so this sort of goes into it, which is how to get out of the habit of mind reading. So if it's a habit, it means you're automatically going to do it. And we've talked about this before. Something from cognitive behavioral therapy is ants and cats. And so ants and cats means I have an automatic negative thought. And then for every ant, I need a cat, meow, which is a counteracting thought. And the automatic negative thought is a Sally walks in the door, but she doesn't say hello to me. So I think that I did something wrong. Okay, well, let's talk about all the million things that could be happening for this other person. And so the automatic thought is, I did something wrong. This person's mad at me. The counteracting thought is, okay, let me go through logically what could be some other options here. And so you're going to have to keep practicing this. It is not automatic. We do not ask for an automatic negative thought. It's like a little alien just comes in and plants it in our brain. And we have to do the work each time to do something different about that thought. We're not going to stop the thought from happening. We are going to acknowledge it, see, and then go to the insight awareness action, right? So the insight is, oh, here's this thing that can happen. The awareness is, oh, I caught it this time. I just noticed I did it. And the action is I'm going to do something. Beautiful. 
Ants and cats. Ants and cats, my friends. I want to answer this question. Is taking things too personally the same as being too sensitive and too emotional? No. Oh, number nine. Is taking things too personally the same as being? Yes. Oh, no. No. But I bet you someone told you that to invalidate <laughs> your experience. <laughs> it's it's so true, right? And you, I, I've had someone say this before. We're like, you, someone's doing some catty, passive aggressive bullshit. You say something about it, and they say to you, "Oh, you're being so sensitive." Yes, I'm not. And so it's this is the crazy making we talk about. This is the shit that makes yes. you feel like I am out of my mind, and yeah. this. Like can happen when we're in really unhealthy relationships or people do incredibly unhealthy communication skills. Yes. So there's a difference between and and this is a perfect. The reason why I wanted to ask this is because I am a very sensitive person, but I have learned to very much separate out taking things personally. Right. And so you can be hurt by something right where something happens and you're hurt by it and not take it personally, not feel like it's personal to you. Mm -hmm. Right. So if someone right, we're talking about not taking things personally. If someone says to you, you're a fucking piece of shit and I never want to talk to you again. Right. It's okay to be hurt by that. That is a hurtful thing for someone to say. There's a difference between being hurt by that and taking that personally where you know that you're not a piece of shit, right? But that person still hurt you. Yeah. And that that is where the difference and that is where the boundary is. Mm-hmm. And so you're allowed to be hurt by something, by the way in which someone said something to you. They can say hurtful things. You can express yourself and say that really hurt me. I don't believe that about myself. And sometimes to not take things personally allows you to set that boundary with other people. And sometimes people use that as you're too sensitive, you're too emotional as a way to invalidate your experience. Um, We got this other really good question that we have to address, which is what about when receiving feedback that is personal? So Mm. let's say somebody says to you, hey, you did this and it really hurt me. Yes. And you have to look at yourself and be like, whoa, I really did do that. Yes. Or I, uh, you get feedback at work that you like made a mistake on something. There are yeah. times that you did make a mistake. That does not mean I am worthless. I am a piece of shit. I am a failure. I am garbage. That's the that's the difference, right? The one is I made a mistake at work. One is I'm a fucking failure of a human. Yes. And that's what we mean about differentiating between like, here was a thing that happened. I got this personal feedback. I, I, I wasn't able to be there for my friend when she really needed me. Wow. I wish I had known something different. I didn't realize I did this. And that doesn't make me a horrible human. It makes me someone yes. who might want to do something different next time and maybe owes an apology. You can have self-compassion and still hold yourself accountable yes. for things that you want to change. And I think that that's a big piece of it is that sometimes we we completely reject all constructive criticism or we get defensive because it feels like it must mean that I'm bad in mm-hmm, some way mm-hmm. and I shouldn't have self-compassion. So the more self-compassion you have, and once again, we talked this in our self-compassion episode, the more you're going to be able to hold yourself accountable, right, in yes. a way that's actually constructive. I'd like to do another one really fast. Um, yes. How to recognize that my child is a little independent person, not that I'm doing something wrong. <laughs> my daughter, here's like a really good example of this. Recently, 
finally, my hairdresser, my personal hairdresser, just helped me find the secret thing of detangler that actually works for my kid. Before that, I was using detanglers. They apparently weren't good detanglers. There was a whole thing. Every time I would brush her hair, mommy, I hate you. You hurt me. I'm like, CPS is going to get called. She's going to go to school and talk about how mommy hurts her. I am hurting her. I'm a horrible mom that I'm brushing my child's hair. And you have to walk away because kids are also like full in. Like kids are just saying whatever they want. There is no filter system. They don't give a shit how they're hurting. And they're not thinking about that it's upsetting you, right? Like it doesn't matter. They're just being honest. And so you have to have this ability to one, ground yourself and hold on to yourself. And then you respond. I know that you do not like getting your hair brushed. And we are almost done. And still, this is how we, this is a part of taking care of our body. The way we brush our teeth, the way we shower is another thing is that we brush our hair. Um, And so you can explain those things, but it is very, very hard when your child is a little independent, autonomous person and they are blaming you for everything. And you have to be able to hold on to yourself, differentiate, and then walk yourself through it. And taking that personally would be, I'm a bad mother because my child is hurting. Yes. And that's not right. true. Right. Your kids are going to hurt. True. Your kids are going to struggle. And it really it doesn't say anything about you. We cannot save our child from everything in life. Life is real. Mm-hmm. All right. What else we got? Okay. Dealer's choice. Dealer's choice. Dealer's choice. How to, I like this one. Let's talk about some good friend stuff. How do you kindly express this to another person when they are spiraling? So Mm. one, I would say to somebody when they're not spiraling, not in the moment, you have the conversation outside of the spiraling when somebody is de-escalated and they might say, oh man, I'm, I, you know, I, I really freak out and why do I do this? And you'd say, hey, next time that happens, would it be okay? Would it work for you? What if I, any of those things? let you know, hey, I think this might be the spiraling right now, right? What would be something that would feel helpful and supportive for me to say to you in those moments? If you say to someone, you're fucking spiraling, chill out. (laughs) That is very different than saying to someone, I can see you're really upset right now. I can see you have a lot going on right now in your mind. Yeah. Is there anything else we can do to do something different? Do you want to go on a walk? So being there for people, you don't have to tell them that what they're saying is wrong because it doesn't fucking matter. What right. you say to them is, I really see that you're hurting. I really see that you're activated. I really see that you're overwhelmed. How can I support you in this moment? Yeah. And I think also in the same way, being able to differentiate between, listen, this might be something you're experiencing. I, it's not personal to you, right? Like rejection, for example, mm-hmm. right? I think this is a common thing that people spiral over in dating, right? If if they really liked someone and they got ghosted, right? It's easy to start to spiral to feel like, well, what did I do wrong, right? As I said earlier, rejection is a human experience. It's a universal experience everyone goes through. It is not personal to you. It feels terribly personal. feels like I am bad. I need to change something about myself in order to protect myself from being rejected. 
And so I think that this mantra is really important to say to yourself, to maybe help friends with, to be able to say is everyone gets rejection, rejected. Rejection is not personal to you. You are wonderful. I really, I think you're a great friend. Anyone would be lucky to be with you. It's not personal to Mm -hmm. you. I know it hurts, right? Because that doesn't invalidate their experience. I know this hurts. I know this is really hard to be ghosted by someone you really like. Yeah. The rejection is not personal to you. You're going to, you know, find someone that you connect, whatever it is. But there's a way to not invalidate someone, but help them to depersonalize something. I want to do this one because I've had this experience before, which is how to process friends hang, uh, hanging out without you, feeling the second choice, and then also feeling left out even when I know it wasn't something I'd want to do. Um, I've experienced. I think everyone's everyone experienced, experienced that. that one, right? It was really, I had lunch with our good friend Jenny yesterday, and we were talking about... Um, Sure, about the decision to be child-free. And it was a conversation around, um, you know, everyone talks about the pros and cons, all this stuff. She said, you know, somebody recently said to me, it's not about right or wrong or pros and cons. It's that everything in life has trade-offs. And you just choose one of them, right? So the trade-off yeah. is, hey, I wasn't invited to this thing, and that hurts. Another one is, God, if I was invited to this, I would have felt shitty saying no. I would have felt obligated to go. If I was there right now, I would probably be thinking about how I didn't want to be there. And so you can say like, oh, man, like it totally it does suck to see other people hang out and not be invited. And you want to know what a really good option to do is? Then stop fucking talking and get off social media that you see these other people. Right. If that feels right. really shitty, if I'm seeing this event that I'm not invited to. Get off of say like well, yeah, I guess I shouldn't be on Instagram for the next twenty four hours yes. and take a little break, right? Like, yeah. and say, well, why did that hurt so much? Well, because everyone wants to be included because it's part of the human experience to want to yeah. be included in stuff. That doesn't make me um, out of my fucking mind. Yeah. It makes me normal. <laughs> and also, like, I don't need to have it thrown in my face or like sit here and think and ruminate on this. Yeah, and in in the same way, what what meaning am I making of not being invited to this, right? Like, is it feel like, oh, they don't like me, right? Or they don't want me there. That is, that's the point in which we're taking it personally, right? To say, they don't want me there. They must not want, you know, me to be hanging out with them. There's a difference between taking it personally in that way and saying like, oh, you know, like it makes sense. Like they are bringing all their kids and I don't have a kid or they're all in the uh, the same area and I'm over here. They might have, you know, thought I was busy mm-hmm, or something. Mm-hmm. So there's a difference between taking it really personally of like they don't want to hang out with me. They must not like me. They That is where we're, we're the meaning that we are making of being left out is really important to look at yeah. because you you in the end create that. As opposed to, well, what are some other reasons that that I wasn't invited to this that maybe are not personal yeah. to me? And why is it that I'm believing the meaning of they must not like me? They, you know, don't want to hang out with me. Why is that? Is it because I don't feel good about mm-hmm. myself? Is it, do these friends actually not like me? Do they actually not want to hang out? If that's true, why are they your friends? <laughs> If this is, is true, or leaving you out or being true. mean to you, that's a whole other conversation. New, a whole other conversation. New friends. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. Um, let's we have to do Dear Am and Jen. Yes. So it is our it. T- it is time. 
I love your podcast and tell literally everyone I know to listen. Thank you so much. I grew up being the easy kid in my family. I have three sisters and grew up believing that having needs made me unlovable. Thanks to my amazing therapist, I'm starting to see how this plays out in all relationships and other areas of my life. I know there is never an easy fix, but what are some things I can do to build my self-worth and confidence? Uh, I love that you love your therapist. Yes. And we love you. (laughs) We love you. Thank you for listening and telling people about us. So much love in this. So the underlying view that you have of yourself is feeling unlovable. I would look at what are all of the ways, all of the things that you look for in your environment that are feeding into that Mm -hmm. idea. Because we have a lot of confirmation bias when we are struggling with something Mm -hmm. where we look for things that feed into the narrative that we already have about ourselves. So understanding, the first step is understanding where that narrative was created. And it sounds like you have learned to understand where Mm -hmm. that was created. You feeling unlovable had nothing to do with you and everything to do with your parents. As a child, as a human being, you inherently have worth and you are worth being loved. But that doesn't take away from the feelings that you created, yeah. that, that were created as a child. So understanding this is really important. I want you to look at what are all of the things in my environment that I hold on to that maybe feed into that narrative. Mm-hmm. Because what we want to do is help you to break down that narrative of being unlovable. You are inherently worthy, right? So it's not about building self-worth and confidence. Like you are worthy as a human being as you are. Yeah. If you want to focus on self-worth and confidence is the way that we build that is through mastery. And if I wanted to get very good at uh, doing a somersault, I would do a somersault every single day. And the way that we're going to get good about having needs is you're going to need to assert your needs every single day. So it might start out small. I do need to use the bathroom before you. I do need to take a shit. I do, you know what I mean? Like it has to be like a very small thing of like, I do need to leave dinner early because I want to um, go, go to bed on time to take care of myself today. So I want you to think about what's a need you have every day and how you to try to assert it and start to build up from that. That is how we practice having our needs met and what are my needs? You might have to start even a step before of making a list of what are my needs in relationships? What's my needs in my relationships with my parents, with my siblings, in romantic relationships, at work, and friendships, any of those things? And then what would it look like for those to get met? And how would I assert myself and help myself do that? And you practice that every single day until the day that you die. Because guess what? If this probably started as a child, we're probably going to have to do it forever. And the exciting thing is it does get easier. But it's a skill just like anything else. And that is how we increase it, is mastery. Let me master asking for needs. And it starts with you, right? It starts with you begin. I know this is very a very generic therapeutic thing to say, but it really does start with you building that love for yourself Mm -hmm. first and foremost. You know, I think the wounded child might be looking for other people to show you that you are lovable. Yes. But it's going to start with you starting to build that love for who you are as a person, right? And then surrounding yourself with people who are going, people and things that are going to reinforce that for you. And that's it for today's episode. 
Thank you for listening to today's episode of Shrink Chicks. We always ask you to rate, review, subscribe, follow on Apple Podcasts. You can check us out on YouTube, Instagram, all the places. Hey, if you like this episode today and maybe someone in your life takes things personally or you tend to send it over to a friend. Hey, this related to me. You might like it too. We always appreciate it. It's how we grow some of our content. You can check out, we have merch on our website, shrinkchicks.com. We have a Know Yourself, uh, Grow Yourself journal on Amazon. And our favorite thing is we'd love to help you find a therapist that works well for you. So you can check out the therapygroup.com. That's our business. Um, we'd love to connect you with an amazing clinician. Every single person who works for us is the tits. So I am just going to say that right now. <laughs> yes, agreed. Thank you for being here today. Don't forget to uh, grow yourself. You got to know yourself. And we'll see you next week on Shrink Chicks. Welcome to Raw Beauty Talks. I'm your host, Erin Trelore. Ready to peer behind the highlight reel and all those polished pictures of the world's biggest influencers and wellness experts, we're going to uncover what beauty, health, and wellness truly means in today's world. Warning though, there will be no surface level conversations here. As someone who really struggled with disordered eating and negative body image after trying to check all those be healthy boxes. I became a health coach because I'm passionate about redefining health and wellness so that it's less about the weight on the scale and more about how we feel. I truly believe how you feel on the inside reflects out into every aspect of your life. So if you're ready to go below skin deep to tap into a whole other level of wellness, you're in the right place. Let's pull back the curtain for some raw beauty talks.